This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, it's been a rough day for me. Um, holidays coming here, and look, we went through a bunch of firsts last year. A little bit, you know, different this year. Um, you know, have our first Thanksgiving without pop and, uh, you know, going over to the house today and helping my mother with some things that normally he would have done. Just going to stress this to you guys. Look, yes, the holidays are a pain in the butt. I'm not going to lie. But uh, look, you get older and you kind of just got to get into the moment and realize the importance of it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. From BrownsMaven and SI.com, Pete Smith along here with Jeff Lloyd, your local experts on the biggest stories Cleveland Browns-wise for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, you guys got your crossover episode. You know, obviously we got to sit down yesterday with Joe Schobert, but you know, a bunch has gone on here, you know, some, you know, some loose ends that, you know, Pete and I have to get to. So we're going to go ahead and sit down and do this here. Pete, first things first, it would have been nice to have this news yesterday. Um, Joe Schobert, your AFC defensive player of the week. The ironic thing of this, Pete, is he... You know, not that he didn't have a great game against Miami. He probably had a better game against Pittsburgh. It's really hard to win a player of the week award, though, in the Thursday night game because it kind of gets forget about, forgot about. The other thing is how that game ended. It kind of got forgot about. And I'm not taking anything away from our guy, Max Crosby. He had a phenomenal Sunday a week and a half ago. Um, but, Joe, you know, two games in a row, obviously lauded for it. But it is kind of ironic, Pete, because he probably had the better all-around game against Pittsburgh. I don't think it's close, but I think it's in some ways sort of a reflection of the two weeks rather than just the week. Yeah, we owed you one, but uh, so here it is now. Yeah, because he had like he had seven solo tackles, he had a, a sack, and then he had the two interceptions. But in both games, he had two interceptions and four pass deflections, which is pretty good. Um, so yeah, it, it felt like a you probably should have gotten this last week. Here it is this week. You still had a, a really nice game, but here you go. So, I mean, certainly good for him. He's been on a, a really good run the last couple of weeks, but I think so much of this is less a product of him being great in those two weeks as much as he's been very good most of the year, and it's sort of just uh, come to fruition these past couple of weeks where, you know, the ball's coming to him when he's in these spots and he's making plays on it. Yeah, and, you know, for, for Joe, and, you know, it's, it's just great to see it all. And, look, um, the other thing is, is um, <laughs> it, it's, you know, in the Browns, look, you've got yourself in the ultimate conundrum um, where you need him in his leadership. This is something you should have put to bed earlier. And this is one of the things with, um, with uh, you know, John Dorsey, you know, we, the extensions are tough for him. This is one thing where he has an issue, sometimes extending the wrong guys, uh, too much money on these extensions, um, but pretty much it's getting more and more. And even the uh, the Joe haters are awfully, awfully quiet over the last couple of weeks. Um, so congratulations to Joe. Obviously, great to talk to him yesterday. And you know, just a you know another pinnacle and just another button on the resume, so to speak. That uh, just people take our W here. And I will tell you guys, Joe was one of the first guys I talked about when I started covering this team. And, you know, Pete then, you know, wasn't on as much. And, you know, it was one of the guys like Pete, Joe Schobert, this guy doesn't get talked about much. And he's just for, you know, 17, 18, 19 since I've been here, 
just one, you know, incredible player. And, I, you know, I just love everything about the guy. And even when he talked to him yesterday, he he, he talks like a leader of a football team. And it's, you know, it, it just fun guy to root for. Um, Pete, Devereaux Lawrence. Um, look, I mean, I, I understand, you know, you know, preseason, everybody kind of got excited, thought there was, you know, going to be something more there. Uh, it didn't ultimately meet Pete. But here's the thing. And, you know, we're it, it seems funny because we're back at this again. Um, their 53-man roster currently has four defensive tackles, uh, one with zero snaps taken as a Cleveland Brown, uh, as a Cleveland Brown. So it's, it's again, always finding yourself in a little bit of a, little bit of a hole here on the interior. Well, they, they moved on from a, a, a one technique nose tackle type, uh, endeavor of Lawrence, and maybe he could have been sort of a, a plugger as the three, but you know, they, they brought in Eli Anku, who they seem to be happier with. They've got Larry Ogunjobi. Both those guys play the nose. And right now, Sheldon Richardson's the only guy they have that's a true three. So that's what Brandon Bryant is. That's, you know, off the practice squad. Uh, that is what he does. He's a guy who's, who's uh, built to sort of penetrate, to get upfield and do those things. And it comes down to numbers and they needed another guy, I, you know, it would be interesting to know if they hadn't uh, had all the suspensions and stuff like that, and they hadn't had to do this roster juggling, if they still would have made that decision or if this is just a matter of timing. But they really do seem to want a little more athleticism up front, and, and Deborah Lawrence hasn't played that well. He, I mean, he just hasn't been good. He was great in the preseason. It hasn't really translated. He still has that interception uh, against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, which is mm-hmm. a good moment for him, but ultimately – you know, hasn't done, just really hasn't produced. Um, and I'll jokingly put it in here. I don't know how we're going to contend with the Ravens, Pete, when we play him again without Devereaux Lawrence and without Jermaine Whitehead. Um, just guys to show you that you can't take, you know, one of 16 and, and make a big moment of it. And with the PFF grades and, you know, I was actually uh, talking a little bit today with somebody is, um, you know, even some of the, you know, plays that Devereaux Lawrence made, he technically didn't grade out very well because he wasn't, essentially doing his assignment as much as he was trying to shoot a gap. Um, and that's usually where you end up with a grade like that um, from PFF. Uh, Anku is interesting, Pete, because, you know, a little bit taller. Um, and maybe this is a thing. you got to be a certain height. Who knows? We'll get to the practice squad edition, which may debunk that anyway. Um, but he seems like an interesting player. And, I, you know, I had brought up the, you know, how much could you use Sheldon Richardson at the end? I'm assuming that's going to maybe die down a little bit. Uh, we'll see how it goes, whether or not they, you know, they get Bryant some reps, but maybe now, but maybe that could be a sign that, you know, even, you know, with Vernon who got some work in today, maybe we're not far off on that. Uh, that's a good question. I mean, certainly that would be huge to have him back, especially without Garrett. I mean, Garrett was dominant in the first matchup against the Steelers. Vernon did not play. Uh, they got some production out of Chad Thomas. He had the one really nice sack. Uh, but, you know, if you're, if you're going into a game against the Steelers, and, it, you know, whether it's Mason Rudolph, Devlin Hodges, or, you know, uh, you know, Bubby Brister comes out of retirement and plays that game, you can't just let them sit back. I see him wearing that ball. six, and that's the first thing I think is Bubby Brister. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can't let any of them just sit back there and throw forever, and Vernon at least gives you some credibility there. 
Uh, obviously, Sheldon Richardson had a big game against the Dolphins, but the Steelers have a much better, more balanced offensive line. Obviously, they're going to be without their, their starting center this week, but their backup's not bad. So they're more equipped to deal with that, and that's what you know having a game wrecker like Garrett can do for you. Uh, but Ogunjobi obviously can, can make plays. Sheldon Richardson can make plays. It'd be really helpful to have a guy like Olivier Vernon back so he can do those things. And maybe having a guy like Brandon Bryant makes them feel more confident that they can, you know, put in sort of a rush package with Sheldon Richardson at an end, Bryant coming in with Ogunjobi and those types of things and having an end off the edge if, Vern, uh, if uh, Vernon is not back this week. Yeah. Um, now one more on Olivier. Um Pete, look, even if it's a thing where it's uh, we think he's good enough to go, it, he's not going to cost anybody, you know, he's not going to take any, I mean, you could still go three tight ends. If you think you're close and you think it's, hey, maybe we could even get 10, 15 pass rushes out of him. At this point, with the magnitude of this game, you got to roll that dice. Uh, you'd think so. Uh, I, I think there's undoubtedly they can keep a, another guy inactive to to keep him, you know, available for that type of impact. Uh, if they can get him in some of those third and long situations or whatever obvious passing downs where he can come in and potentially make a big play, you know, I don't I don't know how much of his day to day is cautionary versus you know really problematic. He was out there, you know, you saw a little bit of, of some grainy Zapruder-like film of him moving around. It didn't seem like he was too bad, but you only really saw him, I think, moving forward and backward. I don't know how much he was doing uh, side to side, and it's obviously not through contact. So, you know, and it's probably going to be a game-time decision. But if you can get something out of him, that's certainly better. And, and there, you know, if it's just the second half, it's just some choice passing down, whatever. You know, obviously the Browns are not in a position where they can, you know, afford to lose games. Uh, they have very little room for error, and it's you know this is a tougher matchup. Uh, obviously, on the road that changes things, makes it more more problematic. Uh, so they need all the help they can get. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, if you're going to look at this and say, um, you know, if Njoku comes back and you you dress Harris, and you know, because Pete and I have told you we think Farrell Brown's going to be an odd guy out here. If it's not, you know, Ricky Seals Jones or Carlson doesn't dress, you're only going with three tight ends. Um. If I can get 10 to 15 snaps of Olivier Vernon, I'll live with it. I truly will. We're going to get to some more stuff here on Locked On Browns. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith taking you on through here on what is your Thanksgiving edition. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurant cater to you with what you need. Whether it's a local restaurant, whether it's your favorite franchise restaurant, check out DoorDash. Whether on Google, whether on iTunes. Download the app, get $5 off your first order of $15 or more when you use the promo code Locked On. We appreciate all the folks over at DoorDash. And again, if you're listening in the car, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. Check out anything from our sponsors here in a way to save yourself a couple of bucks. We appreciate them all here and thankful for that. Pete. Uh, Greg Robinson out doing charity work yesterday. Great. Gets himself on a Cleveland Browns daily. Great. Gets to the facility today. Can't practice. Has got concussion-like symptoms. And it's one of those, uh, 
I mean, it, it, it's not the this ain't the week you wanted to hear that. If it was Bengal week, okay, that's fine. You didn't want to hear it this week. Well, it's one of those things where you don't really know what that means because that doesn't necessarily mean he has a concussion, but it does mean he's in the protocol. Um, Which means he's got to get cleared out of the protocol. Yeah, they haven't commented one way or the other uh, at this point. You know, the players that were asked about it are are still talking in terms of ifs as opposed to uh, definite. So, you know, whether it's, you know, sick or something dehydrated, whatever that's, you know, causing that, it's hard to know. Uh, Obviously, you have to take that stuff seriously. Uh, but uh, yeah, it would it would hurt to lose him. I mean, the the fact is that whatever you don't like about Greg Robinson, we've seen the Justin McRae version, and it was not good. Uh, so that would be a, a problem. Obviously, you've got T.J. Watt on the other side uh, going against Chris Hubbard, which already makes you nervous. He didn't have a huge game last time. Uh, they they largely did a solid job in, in sort of uh, containing him. Uh, well, Dupree is by no means a star, but he isn't he isn't above taking handouts, uh, and he's had big games against the Browns when they've had less than stellar guys in there. Obviously, he had you know, four sacks against Desmond Harrison, uh, and Just McCray may not be Desmond Harrison, but it certainly uh, uh, it becomes a disadvantage for the Browns. Yeah, and um, actually looking around today and talking with um, – if you guys didn't catch the uh, crossover, um, normally uh, I sit down with Tony Serino – um, but t- Tony since added, uh, you know, co-host, I actually talked with Chris Carter. Chris was fantastic. Um, if you guys didn't check that out, uh, Chris was great. And the thing with the Steelers, Pete, is that pass rush plays a million times better at home. I want to say it's, I think Chris said 31 out of the 36 sacks are actually at Heinz Field. So that's obviously got you, you know, quaking in your boots a little bit. Pete, everybody keeps saying McCray, 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 McCray. Here's my thing, though, if Greg can't go. Here's my thing, though. Um. Kendall Lamb wasn't even on an injury report today. Um, granted, he's been active the last couple of weeks. Do we just assume it's McCray? Is there any possibility it could be Kendall Lamb? Yeah, Kendall Lamb is one of those where we haven't really heard anything about him uh, at all. We haven't seen him since week one. I haven't seen him since week one. Obviously, he's been dealing with a knee injury. Uh, that wasn't really revealed either in terms of specifics. So I don't know. Yeah, Looking I, at I that mean, injury, I, that looked like the high ankle sprain. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I think I personally, I think he would be better uh, than the McRae. But it comes down to who's been repping, and presumably, uh, you know, when media had access, they may have seen uh, McRae in there, or maybe not. That, that's a good question. I mean, I, to me, I, I don't think there's any any doubt that Kendall Lamb has more to offer at the position. And, and in that scenario, if he's 100% and he's, and he's comfortable and ready to go, then I don't think there's really any kind of drop-off from Greg Robinson other than from a size standpoint. I mean, they're both good pass protectors. They're both mediocre run blockers. Yeah, I, it's just for me. And you know, we had talked about this when they brought in Kendall Lamb and everybody kind of, oh, poo-pooed it. But, you know, you go down, you, you know, you, you know, we, we talk to guys, you know, we look at the PFF stuff. I mean, there was really no difference between him, Chris Hubbard, or, um, you know, Greg Robinson. So, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I just wonder if everybody just thinks, oh, let's look at the jet, that, that, uh, depth chart and just say it's just Justin McCray. But, you know, Justin McCray was the third tackle week one where after Kendall Lamb went in after – Craig Robinson had gotten ejected. So I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. It just seems really easy just to say it's Justin McCray. 
Um, maybe you're going to go a heavy run here, but you know, look, I mean, Pittsburgh handled the run game pretty well the first time out. Pete Robert McCray added to the practice squad. Decent size, it's 270-ish. But Pete, only 6'1. Um, is there a carbon copy here? Uh, is there something? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, why is his 6'1 okay? And Jannard Avery's a little below 6'1, not okay. A little bit of tongue in cheek there, guys. Obviously, we still miss Jannard Avery. Robert McCray from Indiana, Pete. Uh, yeah, he's he's thicker. Uh, he's listed at least right now as 273, played in college at about 266 at Indiana. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if this is an exception or that maybe they're not as concerned with length as maybe we thought, and it's more about size. Um, it's also a possibility that, look, they, they are – Pickens is slim. Uh, well, yeah, and, and they've been the one picking. I mean, you know, obviously they got Porter Gustin uh, not long ago who was available, and, and now they're adding somebody else. So it, it may be a case where this is sort of the best of what's out there uh, for the moment. And obviously this is, you know, binding by any stretch. They could replace him in, in a week if they don't like him. Um, reasonably productive in Indiana. Uh, athletically, he's not great at anything, but he's not bad at anything either. He's pretty average. Probably similar uh, to Brian Cox Jr. in that respect. Uh, Brian Cox Jr. is a little bit longer at the position, but other than that, they're pretty similar. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's a practice squad ad. So it's, it's an opportunity for a guy to sort of show something or, or, or the team to get information on him, whether they ultimately keep him or not. But they've been, uh, just by, by virtue of the suspensions and injuries they've been dealing with, they've been flying through some of these practice squad uh, ads that are now going to the regular roster and, and actually have been able to contribute a little bit in the last couple of weeks, which has uh, been helpful for the Browns in, in winning some of these games. Um, absolutely. Um, Pete, uh, obviously tomorrow with Thanksgiving, full game, you know, three games. Um, <laughs> Cleveland Browns, buddy, David Blau is going to be the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions tomorrow. Um, I mean, look, first things first, kid, go get yourself some. And the other thing is, if there's ever an opportunity where you maybe want to just get thrown in out of nowhere, it maybe is a Thursday game at noon where it's, you know, the Bears are, who the hell is this kid? Can you find me anything on him? Uh, we need some tape. We need some film. But, hey, look, man, you know, this is one of the cool things about the NFL Weird shit happens at times. This kid's going to get, I mean, look, granted it's a, a noon game, 1230, whatever it is. This kid's going to get the stage tomorrow, man. It's 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 just a cool opportunity. Who the hell knows what he's actually going to do with it. But go ahead, young man. Right. It's interesting because it's against the Bears. And obviously the Bears have some really, really impressive defensive players like Khalil Mack. Uh, losing Akeem Hicks was a massive blow for them. Oh, uh, God, the that's thing- in that defense bad. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, because the Bears have been struggling so hard offensively, you know, the, the, the Lions have to be telling David Blau, who's who's not really a, a, a huge risk taker anyway, you know, stick with what you've been doing. You make smart decisions. You, you take what's there. You, you avoid negative plays. And we're going to make sure that, you know, that Mitchell Trubisky in this offense doesn't score a ton of points. So, if we can just get a reasonable amount and take advantage of a few, you know, a few big opportunities, we can win this game 
with, we don't need you to be a hero. Now, the problem is the, the Lions secondary is god-awful. Uh, and obviously, <laughs> Mr. Trubisky is, has been just outright bad lately, and his legs haven't been uh, as, as useful as they were earlier in the year because that was a big part of what they were trying to do to uh, create some gaps in, in defenses. But if the Lions can sort of do their job in terms of just let Trubisky be Trubisky in terms of you're not really worried about giving up more than about 14 points, maybe even less than that, you don't need David Blatt to be a hero. And that's genuinely who he is. So, you know, like most people know David Blau as the guy who led uh, Purdue to that massive upset victory against Ohio State. But if you actually go back and watch that game, nothing he's doing is particularly impressive. He makes a couple of really nice throws, but so much of it is just getting out of negative plays, you know, get throwing away passes that he should throw away, avoiding sacks and those type of things. And then he makes a few big plays and, and the points add up and they end up with 49. But it's not like he's out there just carving the Buckeyes defense up. And if he can do that with the Lions when he's got receivers like Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay and those type of guys, then he can probably get you through a week and potentially win. And, and that's, you know, that's the dream. And obviously – uh, that would more than justify the draft pick they traded the Browns for him, uh, and and that you know be, would make for an interesting Thanksgiving game because uh, you know obviously that's that's the dog of the of the three games that most people are sort of already groaning about. So yes. maybe that makes it more interesting, at least for Browns fans who sort of got to watch a little bit of David Blount in preseason. I'm probably reaching on there because I doubt most people care, but I'm at least a little more interested. Although I was kind of interested in watching. Uh, Driscoll uh, carve up the Cowboys a little bit. Wait, no, we like Dr- Driscoll was a pain in the butt. We talked about this. He was a pain in the butt the two times the Browns faced him last year. Um, uh, for the time of that game, I will be down at uh, my wife's sister's house. Uh, her husband, my brother-in-law Keith, great dude. Uh, will be busy as hell because his wife can't cook it worth a lick. Um, my wife's usually running around taking care of everybody. So it'll be me and him preparing the food. He's a Bears fan. So I'm going to have to make sure that, you know, the knife doesn't get too close to a vein and the meal gets doesn't get ruined. Um, and I'll be honest with you, if I was the Bears, knowing that the, the Lions are on their third quarterback, I would just probably start. <laughs> I would probably just start Chance, Chase Daniel, to be honest with it, uh, you know, from that respect. So, uh but look, looking forward to it. And look, anytime a kid can get a shot, and like you said, he's got something to work with. Um, how about we go with this, Pete? If you're the Detroit Lions, this year again, it's over. It's done with. You got Matthew Stafford. You maybe consider parting ways. Get what something. I know. I, I, I again, Matt Stafford. I've always loved Matthew Stafford, but I just always think it's been an unwinnable situation, and especially when Calvin walked out the door at the time he did. Yeah, I get it. I, I, he's, what makes Matt Stafford interesting is he feels like he's 35 years old or, or 40 because he's been around so long and he came to the league. You know, He, he was 20 uh, in his final year at, at Georgia, but he's still in his young, like early 30s. He's yep. got weapons around him. It's really about filling in the rest. And so, uh, to me – But they've never know, been they, able to get that part right. 
Well, I mean, the, the, you you can take that approach, but I mean, if, if you let's say you, you chuck Matthew Stafford, and you know, first I don't know what you get for him, and second, you know, what are you without him? So they, you know, if they were going to do this, it probably would have been last year, or the year before, or you know, basically when Patricia came in, but they haven't, and they, and to me, they shouldn't, and they've got some pieces that make sense. Uh, and obviously they've got some really nice receivers, and he's been better. He's actually gotten better as a quarterback oh, no doubt, yeah. uh, with, without Calvin Johnson. So to me, I would stick with it and try to find the right formula because I don't think they're that far away. But obviously they've dealt with some injuries, including Stafford himself, but they've got some pieces there. And, and the NFC North is very talented but fluctuates enough where if you can be a hot team for a little bit, you can get on a roll and, and make a big push. And, and the lines being bad this year, you know, they're, they're, they were feisty when Stafford was healthy, but now that he's not, to me, I almost think they should shut it down, bottom out, and try to maximize that draft position for him so they can get him the help that he needs so they can actually make a real push. Oh, there's no doubt with that principle of it. Uh, because look, um, because they're going to go in, you know, wherever you fall in that top 10 and you've got teams, everybody kind of scurrying around Burrow, Herber, um, you know, Tua, and you've got no, you know, you're, if you're not playing in that game, um, but then again, things could change, uh, you know, you end up picking five, picking four. Of course, granted, you're taking some other poor college kid and making a sacrificial lambs to the city of Detroit Lions football. Uh, who knows from that respect? We'll get to a couple of listener questions here in a second from, uh, you know, Browns Maven, Pete Smith, uh, host here, Jeff Lloyd of Lothan Browns. Appreciate you guys. Uh, guys, um, I want to mention the Zabo Apparel Company. I want to mention the folks over Burnt Orange. Uh, everybody busting their, bunt, uh, busting their butts, trying to make, uh, you know, put out quality products. Trying to make a couple of bucks here. Uh, look, it's it's shopping time. You're getting close. Look, Black Friday is tomorrow. Go ahead, check out both these folks, uh, b- b- both these uh, sites here, putting out great stuff. Uh, you know, Zabo's now with the hoodies and the you know, and obviously the you know beanie hats and all that stuff. Burnt orange, great stuff over there. Uh, look, you, you're gonna buy you're gonna buy brown stuff for everybody for Christmas, whatever. Check out either one of them. I would actually check out the sites probably as soon as possible. See if anybody's doing for Black Friday. Save yourself some money. Um, but you know, always appreciative and thankful, you know, for the working relationship between those guys. Go ahead, check them all on out. We do have, like I said, a couple of listener questions here. And this one here actually I do like, and this is from um Corey Kidman. And I, I actually probably want to go through a couple of these here. Um, not Brown's question. But what is your favorite Thanksgiving Day NFL game or performance of all time? Pete, for me, there's like a million that come to mind. Um, as everybody knows, and people constantly remind me, I'm older than him. Um, there was New York Giants and Detroit Lions. I want to say this is probably like, I was probably 10 or younger. I want to say the game was either 83 or 84. Lawrence Taylor beating the living daylights out of Lions quarterback all day. And then all of a sudden, the one play where Lawrence Taylor didn't rush, the Lions quarterback throws the ball to the flat. It's intercepted by Lawrence Taylor. And that's where you just saw how athletic he was because he literally looked like a damn wide receiver, Pete, taking the ball back, you know, 85 yards, whatever, for an interception return. Uh, some other things that come to mind, uh, the Leon Lett 
in Dallas in the snow against the Dolphins. That's when it comes to mind. Randy Moss, what was, I think Pete, it was like four catches for 155 yards, three touchdowns in Dallas on Thanksgiving. There's been so many of them over the years. And I don't know about you, people. Like, I was always one of those guys that, like, you know, because it was the first game of the day, and it was always, oh, the Lions suck. And then you just – you kind of wanted to root for them. Like, because oh, you guys – you know, whatever. It's The stage is yours. Go ahead, Lions. Get yourself a win because it's not going to matter really much anyway. And then one other one, the uh, Jerome Bettis coin toss. And, again, in Detroit because apparently that's where everything crazy goes on Thanksgiving. The Jerome Bettis coin toss – where he called one thing, the ref said, no, you didn't. And, you know, those are some for me, Pete, that come to mind. Uh, so, for me, it's anytime Barry Sanders was on and Alliance didn't get killed. And uh, what, no, and when they were those old unis where they, it was like, you know, when it was just the, the blue jersey, the silver numbers, the name on the back, the high socks. That was a bad looking uniform. That was good. All right, I'm gonna go the other way. I hate they hate the blank ones. I'd rather they just rock their normal jerseys. But yeah, <laughs> anything anything where Barry Sanders was in a competitive game was fun. Uh, I hated when he was. Uh, uh, well, the game was borderline unwatchable. The times he'd get bottled up because he had no help. Yep. But uh, anytime he was able to sort of be Barry Sanders and you got to see the whole deal, uh, was was the best stuff on Thanksgiving. Well, and then there was, you know, the John, John Madden with the turducken, and then there was the what kind of turkey can only have two legs, and you'd see this freaking turkey that looked like it, you know, was made by Chernobyl where they sewed on extra turkey legs, and yeah, it's just a nonsense. And then it was when it actually graduated to three games because I want to think – I do think the first year there was a night game on Thanksgiving – I believe that was the day before my daughter Avery was born. So I want to say that would make it maybe 13 years ago because uh, I remember how that night went. And it was, you know, kind of me, my brothers, and a couple of cousins, little too much cerveza. And then had my wife wake me up the following morning at 5.50 in the morning and tell her that, tell me that we were going to the hospital and the baby was going to be due that day. And she was right, 12 hours later. Uh, Miss Princess Avery made her way on out. Um, I just want to make sure who's, who has this one here. Oh, good Lord. Long, long handle, long handle. Um, at Brown Spider Cleveland. Pete, the Bills are 8-3 and three and hold the first wild card slot. Will they lose three games? What will be their final record? Now, Buffalo is playing tomorrow at Dallas. The week after, home for the Ravens. At Pittsburgh. At New England, and then home versus the Jets. Uh, the tricky part with the Jets game is the Jets should have beat them week one. The defense fell apart for the Jets. The defense for the Jets right now is playing a lot better with a whole bunch of people that none of you guys are going to know. It, it, we've talked about the fact they're eight and three. Is there? I I, I don't necessarily. I'm not going to say there's a gimme win in here, but of these five, what do you see? Uh, again, the Bills are a team that plays defense, limits mistakes, and gives themselves a chance in the fourth quarter. Um, but they haven't been able to beat really anyone with a winning record. I think they have one win against a team with a winning record. So I actually think the the, the, the Bills are, are, are going to back in um, to that 9-7. and seven. I think the best hope they have 
to, to win, to get the 10 wins is by virtue of the fact that, you know, I have a couple of those games are at home and that's, you know, can be a uh, difficult place to win, especially in December. Uh, that may be their best thing. I mean, I, I think they'll get the Jets. It's just a question of which other game they'll get. And it wouldn't surprise me if they, they, they are able to upset one of those teams uh, because that's typically what they do. Um, but, you know, this is, I, I don't, I just don't trust Josh Allen. Um, at all. I don't think he's very good. I think he does a few things very, very well, but I think the teams that they're going to be playing are are there to be able to exploit them, so I think ultimately they're going to end up 9-7. and seven. All right. I can see it. For me, the one thing, and you know, when we tease Jake Burns and Stephen Thomas for, you know, the we've seen too much, we know the negative. For me, Pete, it would be they would really F up the Browns year by beating the Ravens, which probably won't do anything for the Browns and screw the Browns in a wild card. That would be Pete. Am I Clevelanding this right? Would that be the perfect way for this to work? Yeah. Not only that, but I, I, I don't think that's necessarily out of the realm of possibility. Just because They play the solid sound defense. Yeah. And they have some pretty good athletes that can, can fly around and do things, but, uh, again, obviously that would be an upset. I don't know if that game is in Baltimore or Buffalo. So if it's in Buffalo, Buffalo. That, that that makes it a little more spicy uh, for that possibility. That that could be interesting. Obviously, the the Ravens can keep the ball on the ground. They don't need the throw. But if that's a really cold game or windy and all those things that can happen in Buffalo, that that could be a game that comes down to the wire. Yeah, I, look, it's you know, and the thing is, look, if you can play defense and you play sound and you play assignment with everything you do it should give you a chance towards the end and whether or not your quarterback is or your defense can make those plays to but look i mean you know everything and everybody i there's a lot of like people like negative on buffalo bills eight and three is eight and three look that's your record is who you are sometimes um none of it's flashy but they're eight and three um i i would trade Anything to be eight and three, you know, as far where the Browns are right now and, and some of the high moments and the flash moments, eight and three. That's kind of where you want to be here. Um, at Drake, uh, Drake uh, Maddox, uh, 26. First off, thank you. I appreciate for the kind words. Yeah, it's we're going to make it through. We're going to make it through. But it's just, again, a lot to deal with. With Greedy Williams struggling, Pete, is it possible that Terrence Mitchell or, or maybe some reps get cut into? I don't think so personally, because look, he, he, he wouldn't be the first rookie cornerback to take some lumps. But you, you do have a couple of vets there, if need be. Uh, so yeah, I wrote about uh, Greedy Williams struggling, and and apparently that was uh, very offensive to some people, suggesting that the rookie who isn't playing well isn't playing well. Um, I think. In large part, from the season standpoint, they sort of went into this thinking, you know, he's going to take his lumps, but we're going to get through it. Uh, the, I mean, unless he's getting basically like they get into a game and he's just getting his doors blown off and they, they, they think, he, you know, he's just, it's just not going to happen on that particular day or he's lost his confidence or whatever it is, they might make a switch. But in general, I think they are riding this out. I think they, they are of the belief that, if he can get through this and make it to the other side, who will be better for it? Uh, if he can improve and obviously make a play that that gets the opponent to stop throwing at him as much, uh, I think that would certainly be helpful. He's only made got two pass deflections on the year, 
Uh, obviously, he hasn't intercepted any. If he could make that big play, and that's what Denzel Ward did in his first game, he intercepted two against Ben Roethlisberger. I think if, if he can make that big play, then people aren't going to be quite so eager to throw at him. But right now, there's very little risk and a whole lot of reward. Um, I, You know what I think? I, I think Greedy needs – and look, he's been tackling well, which is the weird thing because that's kind of what people question, and it's kind of where he ended up going in the second round is I think – Greedy needs a, a gimme interception. Um, maybe one of those two, like Joe got on Sunday. Greedy needs to feel the ball. And, you know, it's one of those things as a cornerback, you know, okay, maybe now I feel like I've arrived. I think that would be big for Greedy. And and like I had mentioned with the um, crossover episode, um, Chris had mentioned, look, you know, with, you know, Devlin, Duck, Hodges, I don't even want to know why the hell it's Duck. And, uh, you know, Browns listeners, if you want to go ahead and check the social media and the tweet. Yeah, it's <laughs> good luck, Mike Tomlin, with everything that's going on over there. Um, as far as, you know, that quarterback room, at least, for God's sake. Woo! Um, he can make some throws. Uh, he's kind of got Pete the stones to make some throws. Uh, you'd love to have Miles Garrett because he's got the happy feet issues. Um, but certainly also not unprone to tossing one up there. Um, so with that, um, Pete, uh, let's gonna start to get this one here, uh, put to bed here. League wise, NFL, I mean, league wise, Browns wise, Pete, anything we missed? Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is cleared concussion protocol, but he's still questionable wearing a knee brace. So, you know, and James Connors still, uh, did not uh, practice today. so He should have never played that Thursday night because if he took two hits and he was done, that was a bad, bad move on their part. Well, he's actually said that. Uh, he's actually basically come out and said that he shouldn't have played in that game. Uh, that That is sort of what, you know, put him behind. Uh, but, you know, the, the Steelers are obviously hoping to get some help, and it doesn't, you know, at least right this second, it doesn't look like it's coming this week. Well, you know, and again, guys, we'll go see all of Jeff's boys. We'll see Devin Bush. We'll see Mr. Snelly later. Um, maybe we'll look for a Justin Lane sighting. Mm. You win some, you lose some. Uh, everybody, enjoy your day tomorrow. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Enjoy the games. Uh, you know, we'll be back at it. Uh, you know, I, I know Friday night we'll sit down. We'll get you a pregame show. Uh, my wife, uh, she does some retail, so she'll be busy tomorrow night. If it lines up, who knows? We'll find a way maybe throw you something out tomorrow night or whatever. But enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your families. And, guys, I cannot stress this enough. Make an effort. Trust me, make an effort because you don't want to have to go back. and Because I'm doing a lot of this right now. I'm doing a lot of looking back and doing a lot of, and you know, things I wish I could have done. You don't ever want to have that shit in your life. It's a pain in the ass. But I wish you guys all a happy Thanksgiving. You mean the world to me. Pete, my buddy, Browns Maven, SI.com, at underscore Pete Smith, underscore Pete. Thankful, appreciate you for all we get to do here, for all the time that you give to me. It's it, it, it's been a nice ride together. Um, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns, always follow back account. DMs are always open. Uh, any way to help you guys, me, at Jeff, underscore LJ, underscore Lloyd, DMs are open over there. Uh, the feedback, the interaction, and one of the coolest things is we're we're a couple of days away from here from hitting 1 million downloads for the year, which is, you know, it was a number, you know, I've talked about with some other hosts that they kind of did over the last couple of years. And I was like, wow, really? And you had some like, no, man, trust me, you can do this. And the fact that we're 
going to be eclipsing this year in the next few days. Just mind-boggling and insane, and it's just cool. It, it you know, and this is for me. This is the best. I don't want to say the best part of my day, but it's 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 my part of the day. I get an escape from everything else, from being a dad, the other things in my life, and we just get to sit down here, Pete and I talk some ball, have some fun, bust these other stones, whether it's on crap like butter, ham. Pete, I hope you have a nice big plate of ham tomorrow. By the way, um, the fact that pumpkin pie, Pete, tastes like it. Pumpkin pie tastes like what a sandcastle looks like, Pete. Wow! Wow! Wow, that's disturbing. Uh, that that I mean, you're clearly a guy who just enjoys the taste of salt, um, which is what you're getting when you when you get that ham out. Uh, apparently, you don't like good tasting butter, uh, or you know, you bought. I still it. haven't I gotten to the butter yet. Look, I, I'm uh, the butter. I'll give you the butter. I'm not knocking out of yet. If if it's if it's a better tasting butter, I I, I can't say that's a bad idea. But uh, yeah, hating you're not liking pumpkin pie. That's that's curious. That that may say things about you that I I, I wasn't prepared to, to to know, and makes me wonder about my commitment to this podcast. Makes me wonder <laughs> we can continue. But that's oof, that's disturbing. Well, one thing always about pumpkin pie is: Are you going to have whipped cream with it? If you tell me I have to have whipped cream with it, that tells me that maybe the pumpkin pie isn't so good, or that pumpkin pie. I'm, I'm isn't fine so with it without. I, I can go clean all day on on that stuff. Oh, Pete in a can of jarred pumpkin. Oh, good God, man! All right, with that we got to put a bow on this one. Again, everybody, happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate y'all for being along on this ride. LGB on the LOB. I'm sorry, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.